Hello everyone and welcome back to another chapter episode. This is chapter 15, I'm pretty sure, and it is a very long one. So towards the end, I start struggling with English and, um, I don't know, words, I just like don't speak them correctly at the, at the end. Like I just start mispronouncing stuff. Um, there's also an awkward pause in the middle where I had to edit out because someone like entered my house and it was really loud. Um, but yeah, last chapter we were in Fathom's perspective and basically he's going to be sent to the Night Kingdom because there's because of Darkstalker and he's an, and Darkstalker's an animus and they want Fathom to tell him to not use his magic and convince him not to use his magic. Um, and he's also going with Indigo, which is good because we want Indigo and Fathom together. So yeah, let's get started. Chapter 15, Darkstalker. The first invitation to the palace came two months after Arctic discovered Darkstalker was anonymous. Darkstalker knew it was coming, and not because of any prophetic visions. He'd expected it ever since the night Arctic told Foslayer everything. At dinner, after Clearsight was gone, he'd been listening to Arctic wrestle whether to tell anyone all evening. It actually made him like his father a teeny bit when Arctic finally decided he couldn't bear to keep it from Foslayer. Did you know, Arctic had said, stabbing his claw into the rabbit on the table, that her son has been keeping a secret from us? I know we had a girl here today, Foslayer had responded. She smiled at Darkstalker. What's her name? Clearsight, Darkstalker said, smiling back. You'll like her mother. There was no need to hide her anymore. Arctic was too unnerved by her prophecy to bother her or try to ruin their relationship. She's exactly right, Whiteout offered. Definitely Azura on the inside. I like the way she knits. Darkstalker had no idea what that meant. He never once seen Clearsight knit, but the fact that his sister liked her was really all he needed to know. So when do we get to meet her? Foslayer had asked, her eyes sparkling. That is not the secret, Arctic barked. Pay attention. Darkstalker is an animus. He's probably known for years without telling us, and he's using his magic. Foslayer dropped her rabbit and stared at Darkstalker. Magic, brother, Whiteout said thoughtfully. She reached across the table and lifted one of Darkstalker's talons and flipped it over, tracing the lines of his scales. That's all right. He's not going to the snow for a while. Thanks, Darkstalker said with a grin, resting, resisting the urge to hug her. He sensed new fear from both his parents, but nothing different in the starscape of Whiteout's mind. He didn't know what she was thinking, but he knew she loved him with all her weirdness, the same way he loved her. He shrugged at Foslayer. It's not that big of a deal. It rather is, actually, she said. She rubbed her snout between her eyes. Oh, Mother's going to be horribly pleased. Darkstalker and Wyatt rarely saw their grandmother, who used to be one of Queen Vigilant's closest advisors. She'd been demoted after the fiasco with Foslayer and their diplomatic visit to the Ice Kingdom, even though... The queen had officially pardoned Foslayer. Grandmother had always looked down her snout at Foslayer's hybrid offspring, muttering about hybrid offspring, muttering about how the only way that this mess up, this mess could have been worse was if one of them had at least turned out to be an animus. It's gonna be sort of beautiful, Darkstalker thought. Grandmother would have to admit that perhaps Foslayer's forbidden love wasn't the biggest mistake any Nightwing have had ever made, because if it brought animus blood to the Nightwing tribe. Surely that was worth a mere little war with the ice wings. And then perhaps she'd even have to be nice to her daughter once in a while. Darkstick would enjoy watching that. She's gonna eat her tongue, Whiteout agreed. Gross, Darkstalker said, making a face at her. She giggled. How do you propose we leash him? Arctic asked Foslayer. 
Darkstalker saw bubbling flashes of ideas in his mind, things he could enchant to keep his son under control. Stop thinking what you're thinking, Darkstalker said quietly, dangerously. Arctic gave him a sharp look. Stop listening to what I'm thinking. You can't afford to use your magic again, Darkstalker said. It will destroy you. You'll end up like that seabing. I know, I can see the holes in your soul. There was a twist of genuine fear inside Arctic, which sort of surprised Darkstalker. Not only was Arctic more worried about his soul than Darkstalker had expected, but he also apparently believed that Darkstalker could see how close he was to hurting evil. Across the table, Whiteout nodded. I had an apple like that once, she said ruefully. Foslayer leaned toward Darkstalker. If you can see the damage it's done to your father, doesn't that frighten you? Doesn't it make you want to be careful? I'm not damaged, Arctic snarled, but internally he was cunning all the times he used his magic. All the times he used his magic. It must be the magic I used to escape from the ice kingdom, or the spells that keeps the mother's magic from working on me, but those enchantments were necessary. Will I really go mad if I use my power again? I should do something to contain my son, but what if I turn evil and hurt Foslayer? Yes, Darkstalker answered his mother. Don't worry, mother. I am careful. He held his tongue. There are no spots on my soul. Only stripes, Winter said and burst out laughing. Oh dear, Fosler thought regarding her daughter with a puzzled expression. Why couldn't either of my dragonets be slightly, slightest bit ordinary? Life's more interesting this way, right? Said Darkstalker, and she smiled at him. On his other side, he could hear his father thinking venomous thoughts. Even after all these years among the Nightwings, and despite his own son's power, Arctic couldn't seem to hide what he was thinking, and didn't even bother to try. I hate when they communicate like that, he thought on a dark rumble. I don't get to know what she's thinking, but he does, and she doesn't care that he just invades her mind like that. Naming's in the horrible powers. We should tell Queen Vigilance, said Foslayer. Shouldn't we? She worried at a corner on the table. It's the right thing to do, as a loyal Nightwing, and to prove that I am a loyal Nightwing despite everyone's suspicion. But what will the Queen do about it? Will she try to use my son? What might she ask him to do? Let's talk about that in private, said Arctic. Oh, good, said Darksucker. No reason to involve me in that decision. But he had dropped it, knowing they would decide to tell the Queen. He didn't mind if they did. He was ready for the whole tribe to know, which didn't take long because Whiteout started mentioning it at school. Keeping secrets was not something she ever did. Stockstalker got the impression sometimes that she thought if she knew something, everyone must know it. Like, they all shared one mind. So, she slid comments about his animus power into ordinary conversations, without seeming to notice how it blew up everyone's brains. It was sort of fun to watch. Suddenly, Darkstalker had a throng of new friends to choose from. Everyone treated Claire slightly like she was royalty, or at least royalty-adjacent. His teachers were non-cautious with their criticism, more likely to love his ideas. Nobody made fun of his sister anymore, and all the oldest dragons around him seemed to feel entitled to ask him thousands of nosy questions a day about his new power. He rather liked being the Nightwing's tribe's first animus. Then, the first invitation to the palace came, and Darkstalker met the Queen in an awkward private meeting, where she assured him she was looking forward to hearing any ideas he had about the best way to use his power. Perhaps against the, night against the Ice Wings? Hint, hint. He promised he would put a lot of thought into them, into it, to make sure he made, to make sure anything he made for her was worth the risk of his, to his soul. And then they both thought about the seeming massacre for a moment, and then she quietly excused him. But more invitations followed, one after another: dinner parties, teas with the queen, hunting weekends, races and tournaments and games. Everything he and Fosler had been carefully excluded from for years, even after Arctic became a fixture of 
court life. Queen Vigilance was more interested in what his power could give her than fright of what might happen to him. She wanted him close to her, dependent on her, and Darkscar liked going so he could study her and see how the palace life worked. The only problem was that Clearsight refused to go with him to any of the royal gatherings. He kept telling her that other dragons brought guests. He could certainly bring his soulmate with him, but she wanted to be invited to the palace on her own merits, by doing something to help the tribe and catch the queen's attention herself, not by slipping in on another dragon's arm. There wasn't much he could do to change her mind, but his foresight said it wouldn't be much longer. He had a vision of the two of them at the palace that he was sure would happen soon, and in the meanwhile, he just had to put up a, with a lot of boring court conversation. There was something different about this latest invitation, though. As he moved around the room getting ready, he felt a weird spark of anticipation zapping through him. A welcoming party. That's all that said. Welcoming who? Darkstalker had looked into the immediate future and seen a cluster of seedlings, which was surprising, but he didn't linger on it. Saying the future was Clearsight's obsession, not his. He knew how quickly and easily the future could change, so trying to keep track of all the possibilities was a waste of time. He accepted the visions that burst into his head, since those were usually warnings, and sometimes he looked ahead to the futures where he and Clearsight were married with their own dragonettes, a future without Arctic that was the promise his gift of foresight gave him. He took an earring out of his jewelry chest, silver, designed to look like a snake twining around down his ear. This one was intended to make everyone who met him think he was ex exceptionally handsome and charming. Clearsight had made him promise to never wear it around her. I like seeing you the way you are, she said. Which is not exceptionally handsome and charming, he asked, half joking, half offended. Just handsome enough, she had said, with a head that still fits through the doors. Also, I don't like watching other dragons fawn over you. Jealous? he asked with a grin. No, it's just creepy, she'd answered, not joking at all. Well, she wouldn't be there tonight, and he should try to make a good impression on whoever was being welcomed, surely. The other accessories he'd chosen for the evening was a tailband, the latest fashion trend. His wound, his wound around his tail five times and was also silver, like his earring, and carved to look like a dragon scale. It was a bit heavier than he liked, but and he also thought that tailbands were so, looked sort of ridiculous. But this one had a particularly useful enchantment on it, so although it was unweirdly, it was nonetheless a good idea to wear it. Are you still primping? Arctic demanded, shoving his head into Darkstar's room. The queen will not be pleased if we're late. He was one to talk about primping. His moonlight skills were set off by necklaces of black jet and his and bright green emeralds, matching rings glittering on a few claws. You can go ahead without me, Darkstar said, trying not to show how much that would please him. They rarely attended the same court events if they could avoid it, but in this case they had both been expressly commanded to attend. I'll wait, Arctic said. Arctic said with a sigh. But we need to make sure he gets there, his ring muttered. Important night can't be late. One of these one of the conditions was that we must not embarrass her in front of the sea wings or else she'll send him them back, or kill them, or whatever she plans to do. Darkstalker, hmm, Darkstalker thought to himself, that was mysterious. But if the fate of Sea Wings might depend on his punctuality, he could hurry himself up. Fosler was waiting for them by the door, wearing emerald and white moonstones that complemented his father's black gemstones, a trick they often played with their jewelry. It gave the illusion of matching, of fitting perfectly together.
Fosai reached out and adjusted one of Arctic's chains, her talons drifting lightly down his neck. It'll be all right, she thought. Arctic's idea is clever. It's just what Darkstalker needs. Me? Darkstalker said to her, suddenly suspicious. What do I need? Nosy mind snooper, Arctic growled at him. You'll see, Fosai said patiently, brushing her wings against Darkstalker's. Why not? Be good while we're gone. No wild parties, Darkstalker joked. You're the one going out into the wild. Whiteout answered from her spot by the fireplace without looking up at her scroll. Oh, said Fosslayer. All right, then. Whiteout generally was not included in the invitations. Various excuses had been given, but the truth was the queen still wasn't entirely comfortable with such an obvious hybrid roaming around her court. She never said that out loud, but Darcy could see it in the way, in the thoughts of Queen Vigilance, trying to shield from him. He could be more offended on his sister's behalf, but he knew she would hate the stilted formality of the palace functions anyways. Let's go, snapped Arctic impatiently. Come on, come on. It was a short flight to the palace, which was lit up from end to end, firelight blazing at nearly every window. There was no prisoners in the display cage, perhaps, so it wouldn't scare their visitors. A light drizzle had started to fall, misting them each with wet sparkles and steam as they proceeded from the landing ledge into the grand ballroom. Prince Arctic, Foslayer, and their son Darkstalker, announced a dragon at the head of the staircase. Darkstalker always enjoyed hearing his father in her turmoil that he would he was no longer proclaimed as Prince Arctic of Icewings, although really he should be grateful to still have any royal title at all. Heads turned in their direction all across the room, which was decorated for an evening in swaths of blue and green fabric. Small rock pools had been set into the floor, and tiny waterfalls cascaded in the corners. The banquet table smelled more like fish and shrimp and seaweed than normal. There were special lessons at the school for mind readers, teaching them how to survive in crowds without getting overwhelmed. Darkstalker, fortunately, had learned quickly how to melt everyone's voices in the background. He knew most of these dragons were too boring to listen to anyway. Hello, dear, said Queen Vigilance, sweeping up to capture Darkstalker's attention as soon as he reached the bottom of the stairs. She wore an ostentatious crown, and her wings were loaded with an unnecessary amount of diamonds. She was considered to be one of the shrewdest queens in recent Nightwing history, and she certainly did a super, superb job of intimidating her daughters, such that none of them had mustered the courage to challenge her yet. But Darkstalker had been inside her mind. He knew that a lot of her apparent menace came from one trick, the fact that she spoke very little, allowing the dragons around her to fill in the gaps with her own nervous chatter. She was also deeply paranoid, often killing off perceived threats long before they were actually dangerous. That might seem shrewd to outside observers, but Darkstalker thought it was really a sign of her own anxiety and short-sightedness. Your Majesty, Arctic interjected before Darkstalker speak, you look radiant and regal as always. "'Hmm,' said the queen, touching her crown. Darkstalker wondered how his father had n- never noticed that she was susceptibly to- susceptible to flattery. That she wasn't susceptible to flattery. Vigilance found compliments highly suspicious, although Arctic's remark just made her think, "'What does this slippery icewing want now?' "'Is this a new Toonsmith composition?' Darkstalker asked, deflecting her attention. He tipped her wings toward the musicians playing on a stage at the end of the room." It is, said Vigilance, pleased. She's so talented, Flo Slayer said. Our composer allowed it could sneeze out a better song than this, Arctic thought bitterly. Any news of the war, he said to the queen. She narrowed her eyes at him, just a tiny bit. In her mind, it could be over now if 
if you would be the slightest bit helpful. Her gaze stopped briefly when Darkstalker and he heard her wonder if he'd be more used than his father. Nothing new, she said out loud. Queen Vigilance left one of her usual momentary silence after his remark, and Foslayer was the first to rush and fill it in. Poor mother, thought Darkstalker, exactly the kind of nervous dragon the queen loves to trifle with. He'd have to find a subtle way to make Vigilance pay for making his mother so uncomfortable. A very successful battle last week, though, Fosler said. We drove the ice wings back and took a lot of desert territory with very few casualties, and our air defense team is unbeatable. It's such an honor to be working with them. No ice wing will ever get into the night kingdom with their with them on the watch. Well, thought several minds at once, except for one who's already here. Arctic allowed himself a small, grim smile as Flosslayer fidgeted with her claws. Hmm, said the queen again. She turned to Darkstalker. Come meet someone. His parents started to follow, started to follow them, and she gestured to stop, gestured to stop them in the tracks. Not you. Flosslayer was all relief and eagerness to get to the food, but small geysers of resentment were going off inside Arctic as Darkstalker walked away with the queen. You won't look so smug when the ice wings do get into your kingdom. Darkstalker turned to look back, wondering if he heard his father's last thought correctly. But Arctic has, had vanished into the crowd, his mind just another part of the commotion coming from all the dragons in the room. Didn't matter. Arctic had better thoughts about the downfall of the Nightwing's tribe all the time, but none of those thoughts had ever led to action. Darkstalker was confident he didn't need to worry about his father's treacherous fantasies. Not for a while, at least, according to Clearsight. The queen led him to a roped-off area with low purple couches and tables of sparkling, sparkling drinks. Four seavings stood awkwardly inside, looking more trapped than honored. Two of the queen's sons were making small talk with them, and one of her counselors had taken over a couch as though she'd given up. Prince Fathom of the Seavings, said the queen, indicating a green dragon only about a year older than Darkstalker. He had an oddly anxious aurora, as if he were gripping the floor with his claws in order to avoid being blown away. This is Darkstalker. The other animus, Fathom thought with a jolt of fear, and took an unconscious step closer to the dragon beside him, whose scales were as deep purple, as deep blue that they were almost purple. She looked outwardly calmer than he did, but her heart was racing as fast as his. Terrifying images were flashing through her head. Neither of them ever, neither of them even seen afflict, affected by the spell his earring cast. They were too busy being scared to find him handsome. Darkstalker realized several things at once. Fathom was an animus as well. Fathom had been in many of Darkstalker's vision, visions of the future. Fathom was here for him. And both of these dragons had witnessed the massacre when the seeming animus turned violent at a party very much like this one. No wonder they were terrified. A party plus an unfamiliar animus were they where they were guests where they were the guests, much like the Skywings who had been attacked. Darkstalker checked Queen Vigilance's brain, and he didn't find any internal malice there. She wasn't trying to traumatize the Seawings, she just hadn't thought about the effect this particular welcome might have. Hello, Fathom said, trying to summon years of etiquette lessons. Very pleased to meet you. This is, these are my guards, Worf and Lionfish and Indigo. She's not just a guard, Darkstalker guessed, but she held herself like one, strong and serious looking. The other two were background noise, irrelevant to Darkstalker's features. I'm honored to meet you, he said. I have to get this poor seeming out of here, Darkstalker thought. Uh, 
Has anyone shown you the view from the Royal Tower yet? May I? He turned to the Queen. I know you have duties with your guests, Your Majesty. He would have preferred to separate Fathom from the others, but he could sense that Indigo would never let that happen. I'll take Fathom and Indigo for a short flight and we'll be back soon. The Queen unsurprisingly found this highly unsurprisingly found this highly suspicious, but she couldn't think of any way to stop it without offending the students. Of course, she said, she pointed one call to Dark Sucker. Soon though. Yes, Your Majesty. He bowed and spread one wing to point the way out of the ballroom, ignoring the tumult of worries inside both ceilings. Should we insist on bringing the other two guards? Indigo wondered, while Fallon thought, Is he taking us away to kill us? Calm down, you jittery seawing, Dark Soccer thought one internal eye roll. I'm trying to help you. The closest exit led from the ballroom down to one of the hanging gardens. The noise of the party faded behind them as the three dragons flew through ancient trees, where moss and vines hung down from the branches like shrouded wings. Mirror set up throughout the garden, captured and reflected the silvery light of the three moons. The rain had stopped, but everything still glistened and wet leaves fluttered damply at their scales. Dogstalker landed on a small island in one of the dragon-made lakes. The moonlight was bright here, pouring down over the columns of a temple that had been built to honor the first librarians of the Night Kingdom. We give thanks to those who gather the scrolls, who reserve the knowledge of the previous generations, and so on and on and on. This doesn't look like a tower, Fathom said, landing but keeping his wings spread. Indigo swooped down around the island once and then started pacing over every inch of it, checking all the dark corners. Keeping up her conscious bodied guard act, when Dark Sucker could see that she really wanted to put her wings around Fathom and take him far, far away from here. I'm giving you the grand tour, Dark Sucker said to Fathom. Well, actually, I'm just trying to save you from that awful party. Oh, Fathom said, flustered. It's not. I mean, it's very nice of your queen to. I just. It's torture, said Doctor. Said Dark Stalker wirily. I mean, it's torture for me, and I've never had my whole family killed in front of me at a party like that. Indigo stopped and stared at him. Fathom's gaze dropped to his talons. Oh, nobody talks about it in this kingdom of sea? Dark Stalker guessed. All right, I won't if you don't want me to. But if you were sent to be my friend, then you don't have to suffer through the, all that diplomatic tedium, especially when the bonus part especially with the bonus post-traumatic stress. You know why I'm here, Fathom said. Because we're both in and this is, Darkstucker answered. And am I? Huh, I'm not sure. That one doesn't seem to come up very often. There was a soft click, and Darkstucker realized that Indigo suddenly held two dangerously sharp throwing stars in her talons. Indigo, Fathom said anxiously. He's here, said Indigo said to Darkstucker, to make sure you don't turn out like his grandfather. That'll be an easy mission, Dark Circle said charmingly. I'm not murderous at all. I'm entirely delightful. So was Albatross, they both thought. Indigo and her throwing stars were not the real threat here. The danger was that these dragons might never see him for himself, if they only ever saw Albatross when they looked at him. They'd always fear him, and that made one of that might make one of them do something stupid. Dark Circle decided to turn all the full blaze of his attention to own Fathom. Listen, if you're worried, he said, why don't you make something? A soul reader, you could call it. It could reassure you about who's harmless and full of soul like me, and who's teetering on the edge of soulless killing rage. Like, not me. That was a pretty good idea, if Darksucker said to himself. He could use one of those to keep track of Arctic soul, perhaps. But Fathoms was shaking his head fiercely. I can't, I can't, I can't, his mind cried. All right, settle down, Dark Sucker said surprised. I can't, I can make it for you. No, 
Father Miguel, but you mustn't. You have to stop using your magic. That's why I'm here, to help stop you. Darkstalker eyed him for a minute, moment, listening to the tornado of grief and guilt and worry that apparently had taken the palace place of a large cold thought on the dragon's head. Should he tell Fathom about the scroll? Surely he would find it reassuring. Maybe Fathom could even make one for himself and stop worrying so much. On the other hand, he didn't know Fathom at all yet. Could he be trusted with a secret that big? Completely and not at all, whispered a half-formed vision of the future self, which is rather unhelpful. Not yet, Darkstalker decided. Get to know him first. How am I going to do this, Fathom was thinking. I failed so badly before. How can I possibly save him and everyone? You don't have to be this miserable, Darkstalker said softly. Fathom lifted his chin and Indigo thought sadly. I wish I could help him. You went through something awful, Darkstalker held out one of his talons so he could see the crush, the mem- So he- Darkstalker held out one talon as though he can crush the memories in his claw. All you need to do is enchant something to make the pain bearable. Just an earring that helps you stop thinking about it so much. An armband that lifts all the grief or stops the flashbacks. Indigo's eyes flicked to Darkstalker's jewelry, and he heard her wonder what magic he'd already been using on them. Clever dragon, he thought. I should be careful of her. I have to remember, Fathom said, looking straight into Darkstalker's eyes. His eyes were gray-green, like miniature oceans after a storm. I can never stop thinking about it. Or else it could happen to me. The memories, the memories make sure I keep my vow to Pearl. His vow formed, word for word, in his mind, and Darkstalker repressed a sigh. What kind of animus gave up all his power forever? What kind of life could he ha- have? Always haunted by the past and ruled by fear? Don't you want to be happy? Darkstalker asked. I can help you with that. All at once, he felt cold steel press against his neck. Indigo was suddenly behind him, her wings pinning his her, His throat was on the knife's edge. She moved with astonishing quickness, and Darkstalker caught a glimpse in her mind of the hours she spent training in the years since the massacre, making herself stronger and faster so no dragon could ever hurt her or Fathom ever again. Indigo, don't! Fathom froze, his eyes fixed on the blade at Darkstalker's neck. He's too dangerous, Indigo cried. He's already tried to mess with your head. Can't you tell? This isn't safe, Fathom. I should kill him right now to protect everyone. To protect you, Hermione confessed. Darkstalker raised his tail quietly. One touch from his silver t- from his silver tail band, and she would be dead. It wasn't quite as secure as having all his animus power in his talons as his, at, his disposal, at his disposal whenever he needed it, but he was sure he could kill her before she killed him. First, though, he wanted to see Fallon's reaction. No, Indigo, we can't. Fathom said. He's not Albatross. He hasn't hurt anyone yet, chimed in their minds. And killing him could start a war on the Nightwings. Or maybe save them, she pointed out. Maybe save all of Pyria. But I want to know him, Fathom said. He doesn't seem dangerous. He seems like he seems like he could be a friend, said the thought, thought the seeming thought wistfully. The earring must be working on him, along with Darkstalker's natural charm, of course. That could be a trick. He could be using a spell on us right now, said Indigo. He could be, maybe he's just planning to kill us later. No, just you, Darkstalker thought pleasantly. And I bet he's a mind reader, she added, pressing the blade a little harder against his throat. Are you a mind reader? Don't lie to us. Darkstalker flicked his tail a hair closer to her. I am, he said. That's not a secret. Any nightmare with a silver teardrop scale by their eye is a mind reader. I'm certainly not the only one in the tribe. An animus who can read our minds, Indigo said to Fathom her thoughts flaring with alarm. 
If Owlgrass had been able to do that, we'd both be dead. Fathom, this could be our only chance to take out the most dangerous dragon in Paria. Indigo, Fathom said sadly. Think for a moment. Isn't this what our tribe wants to do to me? Hmm, interesting. Fathom was smarter than he looked, or he knew exactly what to say to this dragon at least. Indigo's thoughts hit a wall of sympathy and she hesitated, struggling against it. Fathom took the moment and checked the immediate possible future. Indigo killing him, pretty unlikely. Him killing her, easy enough. But wow, it could destroy Fathom. Ooh, all terrible kinds of terrible things might come from that decision. A heartbroken animus with nothing left to lose would be pretty hazardous company. I have to let her live, for now, and let her, her think that she couldn't have killed me, he realized. That will make Fathom trust me even more. But if I want him to tr really trust me for the sake of our future friendship, I'll have to get rid of her somehow. Some clever way that he won't suspect. Otherwise, he'll be worrying about what she thinks of him if it's, it's her eyes on him that makes him so afraid of magic. He'd be much happier and less worried without her around. As would I, frankly. I don't particularly like dragons who with pointy, sharp things at me. All right, Indigo said finally. He stepped back, she, still holding the stars poised in her talons. I hope you're right about this, Fathom. Please don't be mad, Fathom said to Darkstalker. She's trying to protect me. It's her job. A small flicker of pain from Indigo. It was so much more than her job. I completely understand, Darkstalker said, rubbing his neck. I'm not mad at all. If he was, Fathom thought, he could use his power on us right now. He could have used it to escape from her. Maybe he really can be trusted after all. I hope I didn't make a really terrible enemy, Indigo was thinking. Ha ha, Darkstalker thought. Oh, you certainly did. Hey, I promised you a view from the Royal Tower, he said, nudging Fathom with one wing. You can see almost the whole Nightwing tribe, a uh, Nightwing kingdom up from there. Come on, we have plenty of time for serious talk later. He lifted into the sky, stretching his wings wide and letting the moonlight cascade over him. Nothing to be mad about, he thought to himself. In fact, I learned quite a lot tonight. Poor Fathom, with all his anxiety and self-loathing, I can make it better. better. I'm going to show him what a gift and animus power is. I'll give him a reason to be happy he's alive. I'm going to take away all his fear and guilt and place it with joy. And then, once he has something else to live for, that's when I'll take care of this indigo problem.